Welcome to Wellness Spring, dear Gertrude. It's so lovely to have you on the show and I feel very honoured to chat with you. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Beverly. Pleasure. Dear friends, my guest today is an amazing, amazing lady. Her name is Gertrude Match, whom I had the honour to speak alongside on International Women's Day for a Silver Sirens event, Empowered Women, Empowered Women. And to be honest, I was blown away by her passion, enthusiasm and zest for life. So I think we're on all in for a very big treat today. So Gertrude is a truly inspirational public speaker and three-time TEDx speaker. She's passionate about helping people achieve their full potential and also to find their individual life purpose. Gertrude has written several books and is now a book writing coach. She is the founder and global creator of Her Story Circle, which I actually heard her talk live this morning on Facebook, which was a real treat. And um, these are only a few of the things that she is doing, plus she's a busy mother of three. So Gertrude, could you please tell our listeners about your background, where you grew up, your family life, education, so they can really get an essence of you and what you did when you left school and, and your career, because I know you've been in the corporate world and got a long chain of accolades behind you, and you're doing so many amazing things. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share myself with your community. So I was born in Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe. And my first career was in IT, in computers, as a COBOL programmer, web designer. I'm a first-generation coder, program computers when they were starting. I then went on with my career in systems analysis and design and project management. Went back to university, got a business studies degree, and majored in industrial psychology and management. I moved to the UK when I was three. Oh no, I was, yeah, I was three years old until I was six. My parents were studying. My dad became a chartered accountant. Mom became a nurse. Then we came back to Rhodesia, grew up there. When I was 19, I decided to go back to the UK again to study. That didn't work out very well. And I got a job acting in a musical production about Nelson Mandela in Norway. So I took off and lived in Norway for a while as a dancer, as an actress, and then went back to Zimbabwe, got married, and have three amazing children who are now 33, 31, and 25 this year. I moved to New Zealand in 20, 2001 and have been in New Zealand for the last 21 years and just recently came to Melbourne last year in June to be with my daughter who was about to have her first baby and got stuck in Melbourne for the last eight months because of COVID and have absolutely loved everything that has happened since I got here. Oh, fantastic. Wow. 
as you can see, listeners, her life is so colourful, and I think that's courageous. And um, you know, what about um, your parents? Were, did they move to UK for work, or you mentioned your dad became a chartered accountant? Did you have other siblings, or how was your life growing up, going from different countries? So I come from a family of five. I'm the second girl. I have an older sister. I had three little brothers. Unfortunately, my youngest brother died. So we're now just the four of us and we're scattered around the world. I have a brother in Canada, one brother in Zimbabwe, my sister's in Sydney, and I'm kind of between Melbourne and Wellington, New Zealand at the moment. Oh, fantastic. I've got um, family in New Zealand as well in Christchurch. And um, I've also had um, a brother and sister die before I was born. And I've also lost um, a brother this before the pandemic, you know. Anyway, it's uh, about you today. And, you know, life is about experiences. And we all know we're going to die. And it's very sad to lose our physical body. But I believe that when we die, it's only our physical body and then our life or soul or spirit continues. So I know he's with me and all the nieces and nephews and cousins that I've lost as well and my parents. So, yeah, we've been through a challenging time with the COVID for some. There's been a lot of loss on many levels. And... Um, you know, some people have lost family and friends, some people have lost their work and the way they knew it. But for me, I think it's also a wonderful opportunity for people to stand in their power. And instead of doing what their family wanted them to do, or their spouses wanted them to do, they can choose their own career. What are your thoughts on that? It is an interesting time. It's interesting because you're right, we are almost being forced to make choices in terms of what we want with our lives. And those people who are going ahead and reinventing their lives, really harnessing this opportunity to do something different. It's, it's gonna be interesting to see where we are a few years from now with all of these changes and all of these upheavals. But I think it's an exciting time too very, very exciting in the sense that you can create anything you want right now. Um, the world is shrinking in terms of everything that is happening. We have more choices. People are working from home more. So there's an opportunity to reinvent yourself, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's good because it connects family with each family member in many cases with the homeschooling or even husband and wife, because a lot of people are working long hours and they could be traveling. And just to have that global community, I think it's opened us up, you know, to people from all around the world. And um, this is amazing. Like you said, it's shrinking and there are opportunities there. And because you've done so many businesses, and I know, you're a volunteer and also support loads of organizations. What would be your tip? Because you are used to changes, what would be your tip for someone who's starting out on a new career? 
Oh, wow. I would say just be open to all possibilities. You know, when you step out in life without too much expectation of what to expect when you're going into a new field, a new business, a new environment, just being open to all possibilities, I think, is, has been my biggest strength. I go in with not too much expectation and an eagerness to learn something new, because I think with every new experience, there is something there for us. So that would be my, um, my words of advice. Go in with an open mind and an open heart and be prepared to learn something you didn't know before. Fantastic. And um, because you mentioned about acting, which was completely different from IT and the analytical mind, I, I read that you were in an actress in the movie Cry Freedom with Denzel Washington in 1987. Uh, he's just such a funny guy. And I'd like you um, maybe to say your experience. I know sometimes you don't see the main actors or get to connect with them, but tell us about that and life as an actor. <laughs> that was an amazing, amazing experience. You can imagine as a young 19 year old getting involved in a movie where so Richard Attenborough is the director, Denzel Washington is the main actor. It changed my life. I met him at a time when he wasn't famous yet and he was so down to earth. He would talk to me every day and it was a really fascinating experience. And what has happened since is I continued in my involvement in film. When I moved to New Zealand, Peter Jackson was filming Lord of the Rings. So although I've had this very strong IT background and business background, I always go back to my intuitive gift, which is the acting and the dancing and the singing. And I got involved in the making of King Kong with Peter Jackson. Wow. And then when James Cameron came to New Zealand to film Avatar, I got involved in that as well. I actually created a casting agency that supplied all the ethnic extras for both films. So it all happened at a time where I was a, a student. I was studying to become a filmmaker at Avalon Studios in Wellington. And I met somebody from Peter Jackson's team who was recruiting all the ethnic extras that they needed for King Kong. And so I thought, let me create a commercial and pretend that I had an existing casting agency. And if you allow me to share my screen, I'll show you the commercial that got me the contract oh. to supply all the ethnic extras for both of these films. And it was absolutely life-changing because I've learned to really use my point of difference yeah. to get opportunities in life. You know, diversity and inclusion is my specialty. And I have maximized on my uniqueness, especially in this part of the world. So I'll show you quickly this short little video that I yeah. created while I was in film school. Wow. And this got me the contract to supply all the extras for King Kong and Avatar. Hello and welcome to Simzisani Creations. 
Simzi Sani is a culturally unique talent agency focusing primarily on black African faces and personalities for the film and advertising industry. Formed in Cape Town, South Africa in 1994, Simzi Sani is now an international operator and is based in Wellington, New Zealand. We offer a wide range of talent, including actors, models, dancers and musicians of African origin, as well as from a diverse range of ethnicities. We can cater for all your on-screen talent needs. You can contact us through our website, www.simzisanicreations.com. We hope to be hearing from you soon. And what was fascinating about producing this video is I was supposed to have six dancers to come in and, and dance for me. Only two showed up. So if you look very carefully, I'm the last dancer in the dance troupe as well. So I had to change out of my corporate clothes, wear the dancing clothes and then edit it and put it all together. I hired a marketing company that designed the most exquisite box. It was gold where I burnt the CD for the ad. And I was working with the Wellington City Council Ethnic Forum and the Refugee Service volunteering at the time. So I knew a lot of people from Africa, from other countries who were brown skinned. And I just went and approached all these people and created the database that I sold to Weta and went into business as a casting director. It was something I'd never done before. Oh my God, that's amazing. But it's, um, I, I just got blown away because this morning in my meditation, I do something, you know, with circles and you see yourself in the circle and it was like, how do I get there to cross the bridge? And I seen girls of all different backgrounds in skirts like that, flurry skirts all <laughs> dancing. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it's really like, I believe in synchronicity. So that's really weird to see that today. But yeah, I think, you know, it's a strong message to be courageous and just go for it. Because you definitely have to. Yeah, that's what you do. And um, you're a prime example of being fearless and standing in your power and courageous. And um, can you tell us how you got into your speaking career? Because I also know um, in 2014, you were a speaker at the UN annual summit on the status of women. Yeah, I've actually spoken in the UN several times. I've been there four times now. And I started speaking when I first published my first book. I had written a memoir and I was just trying to find a way to sell the book. The proceeds of my book were going back to Zimbabwe where I was supporting family members whose parents had died of AIDS. So this is my second pandemic and we were affected very, very heavily in Southern Africa in the 80s and 90s. So my grandmother had 11 children. She had 34 grandchildren. 19 of my first cousins died of HIV related diseases. And they had families, they had children. There were 49 orphaned kids on my side of the family. So I thought, okay, let me write a book. Let me try and sell my book and raise money to pay for school fees. 
And it turned into a foundation called Africa Thrive. So I've been fundraising for children in the last 21 years. I think we've sponsored well over 3,000 children from the community where I was born. And then by giving free presentations to social networking groups like Rotary Clubs and Lions Clubs, people started passing my name to event planners. And it turned into a career. I literally quit my day job. And I have been speaking professionally for the last 21 years. I've been to 56 countries. I can't tell you how many towns, villages, cities in between. And just absolutely love where my life is right now. I can feel your passion, so it's um, definitely you. And I know you've created um, a speech app for teenagers as well. What gave you the inspiration to create that? So the app works for both adults and teenagers. Um, the idea came from me sitting under a mango tree back home in Zimbabwe, with a group of cousins who I was helping to design tribal necklaces and taking them to New Zealand and helping sell, you know, in the global marketplace. And then I thought, you know, everybody in Africa has a cell phone, but people don't have access to the internet. They don't have access to banking systems. In Zimbabwe, we don't have ATM machines. We don't have banks in the rural parts of the country. There's no electricity. There's nothing there but every single person has a cell phone. So I started getting my cousins to take a picture of the necklace that they designed. They would send me the necklace through WhatsApp. I would put it on my website and expose it to all my friends globally. And normally you would be paid maybe two, $3 in Africa for a necklace like this. But on my website, people are bidding for the piece. So there's many eyes looking at the same piece by the end of the month, that silent auction could give that woman $200 because I share the story of the woman. I share who she is. Is she widowed? Is she divorced? How is she looking after herself? How many children does she have? And other women are just supporting to help that woman survive. So that's where the development of the app came from. Then I took it a step further and thought, if I can help these women articulate who they are, so they can share their stories. So my platform is called Her Story. I coach women in third world countries and in first world countries to articulate their messages, who they are as thought leaders, what help they're needing in their business, what inspiration they want to bring to the world. So the app is going to be an app where when you download the app, you're paired up with an accountability partner. So someone you can practice your speech with, you get access to my video coaching program. So you're drip fed lessons every week that you have to do. You get exposure to videos of really inspiring talks so you can model off them. I've got a blog where I show, share all kinds of public speaking tips, how to get over stage fright, to build your self-confidence, you know, things like that. And then when I was sharing what this app was about, a man came up to me and said to me, Gertrude, I have two teenage daughters and they're in a private school. A lot of the girls lack self-confidence. Do you have a teenage version of the app? So now I'm developing a teenage program for kids. And it's just exciting that you start with one idea and then it just takes on a life of its own. 
but the women that I'm coaching will get paid through their phones. So we're using telephone technology to transmit the money back onto that person's phone. In Africa, you can use your phone as a wallet. You can go into a supermarket, you can buy your groceries, you can pay for your children's school fees, electricity and water. Everything is done transacting using the phone. So that's the app that I'm now developing. I'm looking for angel investors. We're trying to raise the first $1 million for us to build the app and scale globally. Wow, that's amazing. Firstly, I want to acknowledge, because I was so tearful when you mentioned about the work with the AIDS and all your great losses. And I just think it's amazing that, you know, children are our future and I'm really grateful that you started all this work with children and giving them hope and putting them in their power and for women in general because for many years globally women have been seen and not heard and you know through disempowering beliefs you know women don't have a voice so it's wonderful that you are giving opportunity for women globally no matter what their background to stand in their power and to I used to run um, networking events and teaching people how to public speak so I think it's wonderful because some people could talk in a conference room and feel happy because they're with their staff and comfortable yet they couldn't stand up in a wedding or make social chit chats so I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing I think when you drip feed people then it's more likely that they will um, retain that knowledge and they can build their confidence up slowly. And um, can you tell us more about your books and your coaching? Because I know you're also a wonderful poet and a storyteller. You've got so many beautiful creation burning away. <laughs> So I believe when a woman knows how to speak, it impacts everything. She becomes the role model for her children. It impacts her workplace, her having the confidence to stand up in a meeting and, and share her ideas. It impacts her relationship with the man she's with, where she's assertive and she knows how to ask for what she wants. And I also believe that the world's children are our children. So as I've traveled around the world, it hasn't just been about African children. In every country I've gone to, I look for marginalized women and children, and I contribute in small ways to get women out of poverty. Because if you can empower a woman, you're impacting on her family, her community. The ripple effect is massive. I coach people to write a book. So I have a process called how to write a book in 40 hours. I have done this for myself several times and written eight books because you don't have to sit down and think and type. So it's a process where you record yourself telling the stories, we transcribe the audio, we bring in our editors and our ghostwriters, and we can get a book to market in 40 hours. It's an exciting process. It helps people not hold back in sharing who they are and, and sharing their stories as well. And then, of course, the coaching to help you speak and get on TED. 
Well, I had goosebumps when you were saying all that, you know, it's um, especially about empowering women. And I think it's wonderful that you've been to 56 countries and, you know, spread, like you say, the ripple effect, like throwing a stone in a pond, all your love and all the women just being in your presence that you've empowered and continue to do so. So um, on that note, what is next for you? <laughs> well, right now I've gone back into tech after 21 years of not being in technology. I feel like a baby who is learning and starting from scratch all over again, but I am a constant student of life. I love being challenged by new things. So I'm back in the tech world, building a tech business, and it's both edutech because of the educational component of the app and fintech because of the financial aspect of this app as well. So I'm being stretched from two sides and just absolutely loving every minute. And I've attracted some beautiful women who have come on board to mentor, to coach and support me on this journey. And that's the thing that we need to do as women. If you see someone and you've got knowledge and skills that you can share, make the journey easy and short for her so she's not trying to reinvent the wheel. And that's what I've tried to do in my business career is to share what I've done and show people how to do it quick, fast and easy. So we're not struggling and we're sharing our ideas and our experiences. Wow, that's amazing. You know, as I always say to people, when women come <coughs> together, they are unstoppable. And it's having that love and support and knowing that people are there for you and watching your back. So just to conclude, if there was one thing you could do to change the world, what would it be? Oh, wow. It would be to educate children. I believe children are the next generation that will look after us. And the more educated people are, the more empowered they can be. And in particular on the African continent where there's not many resources, education is literally a key that gets you out of poverty. So that would be my one thing. Oh, that's a beautiful message. And I totally agree, children are the way forward. And I think through education as well, if we can bring more love and compassion into the world, our children are bringing it for us. And as you mentioned, all the children, uh, our children, whether we have our own biological children or not, you know, we, we are one and it's our duty to support these women and children. And um, yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much for giving up your precious time today. I'll put all your links to all your amazing charities and the work that you're doing with the show notes. And I wish you a magical day. Thank you so much for having me.